0: How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I? Tell me how can I keep from singing his praise? And many of you heard about what happened to me on Friday. And many of you saw the photograph of the car that I was driving. And if you look at the car and think that the person who was in that car survived then it means that your calculation was wrong. But the Lord took me through that accident. And I came out, the devil hit me hard. I'm not going to lie about that. He hit me real hard. But the reality is I'm still standing. And um, so I went to the hospital. I had to be taking the ambulance. Couldn't breathe. It was hard. And the doctors, after doing all the checks, told me that I did not have any broken bones or anything. And that the only problem I had was two fractures in my lower spine. And um, also I have uh, a torn muscle in the right chest area, which hurt like crazy. And so sitting down, standing up, lying down, everything hurts. And so I'm on some pain medication right now. And so, but what brought me in church this morning is the fact that I was able to get up from the bed and put one foot in front of the other. (laughs) And so I was contemplating on that. Many of my friends and loved ones said, stay home. You don't have to go to church. Rest. Everybody knew that you had an accident. And I said to myself, no, I'm going to church because I want to make a statement to the devil. I want to let him know that he hit me hard, but I'm still standing. And the word that God gave me to give to you this morning will be delivered in the name of Jesus Christ, and no devil is going to stop that. So I came here. I came here this morning to deliver the word of God. God gave me the word during the course of the week. And I took some good amount of time to put this message together under the theme, Faith, What, it, what Is It? Faith, what is it? what is it? So this morning, as we enter into the Word, I bring grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who calls us into faith. Today we are going to be talking about faith, and we will be looking at it from God's own lenses. So when God talks about the word faith, what is He talking about? Far too often, faith becomes one of the words that we throw around church a lot. And sometimes, no understanding of what the true meaning or definition is with regards to how God intends it to be understood or used. And so we talk about faith. Some Christians see faith as we see natural optimism, sometime, or something that you can muscle up, you know, uh, on your own. Believing in oneself. In other words, speaking positivity into a negative situation without caring about what God feels about that situation, why He allowed the problem to come. We don't look at that. We look at what we want. We look at the positive part of it, and we speak positivity into our situation. Uh, and denying God in the process. So faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not simply believing that God will do it. It's rather knowing that God can do it. Let me say this again, what faith is, faith in God is. Faith in God is not, you know, believing that God will do it, no matter what, but what it is, is rather knowing that God can do it. That would change the perspective once we understand this whole reality that whatever we go through in life, God is able. That's where the conversation needs to begin, that God is able. Because sometimes we may be going through problems, storms, and God has a reason for the storm. I could sit home to uh, be in the bed right now questioning why I had to go through an accident. There was no need for me to go through an accident, God, you know, and fuss about it too because, I mean, I'm, I'm the servant of God. I come here and preach his word every Sunday. Why would he let me go through this? But God has a reason for everything that happens in our lives. My standing here today is going to encourage somebody's faith today. Somebody who might be going through a problem, and a storm, or someone who's listening online and is questioning why God is allowing this in my life. That person would be strengthened to understand that we live in a troubled world. And every day we walk out here in the world, we, know, we don't know what is going to present us. But we walk in it and we get into these storms. And sometimes it's not-so-good storm like the one I had to deal with on Friday. But God was there with me. And He didn't allow it to get too much more than it was or it is right now. Because the story could have been different if that car was going to— T-bone my car, I probably would have been in a different state. But God did not allow that. And this is the reason why when I woke up from the bed, put my two feet down, and step one and two and three and four and talk, then I said I can still go and say what God says to His people. And that's why I'm here. Let's give God a hand of praise this morning. Brings me to the next point in this message where I want to tell you that real faith is dumb to discouragement. Real faith is dumb to discouragement. Real faith does not understand the word discouragement. doesn't put that in its vocabulary. It doesn't get discouraged because God didn't do it the way I anticipated it to be. Real faith understands that God can. And that's where the conversation stops. God can, and even if he doesn't do it for me now, he has a reason why, but he can, he's able. Real faith is blind to impossibilities because we know God is able to do all things, all things he can do. So we come and we, we make ourselves blind to the word impossibility because of who our God is. We might be going through a a cloud, a storm, a situation in your life where the the cloud is over you and you cannot find your way through. You are in a thunder. You can see on the other side of the thunder. Whatever that problem is that you are going through at that moment, you have to understand that God is allowing you to go through that storm for only a time and for a reason. There is a reason. And that's why the Bible says that all things, not some things, but all things work together for good, for them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. So when we Christians are going through problems in our lives, we don't allow the problems to get us down. Whatever situation that comes, we need to hold our heads up high knowing that we have a God who lives above and beyond those problems that stand in our lives. Give God a hand of praise for Jesus this morning. So real faith knows that God can, and that's all that matters. In Hebrews eleven six reads, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Stop the conversation right there. That God is. That's the first thing we must understand when we come to God. We must understand that God is. And that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God is able to provide. God is able to heal. God is able to move us through those circumstances. He is the only one we know that has done this. He has a a track record for this. When you read his story in the Bible and all the things he's done. And so we look at what God has done for other people. We look at what he has done for us. There were times when you went through storms in your life and God took you out of the storm. You didn't stay in it. You can go back to those times and celebrate in those times while you wait in this time for a change to come. But God is always there, and we must always understand that He is. So, in order to understand the dynamics of faith, one has to first understand that God is the source of the Christian faith. The faith that we have does not come by us, you know, uh, called to on our own, but it comes from God. He is the source of our Christian faith. In other words, the Christian faith begins with God. In Romans 10 verse 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of or about Christ. So as we hear God's word, Faith is germinated into us. Faith is built into us. You sit under the authority of this message this morning, and some of you are going through storms right now, like I said earlier on, and you hear this message, it builds faith in you. The the, the distance that a car uh, travel would depend on how much gas is in it. And it's the same thing with faith. We will be able to endure through the storms of life depending on how much faith we have in God. So the faith in God matters a lot in our walk with the Lord. The life of the patriarch Abraham is a living example of real faith. So let's take a moment to see him in the scripture lesson from Romans 4 this morning, which is our second reading uh, for this morning. The first thing I want us to look at from that text is that real faith receives the gift of God. Real faith receives the gifts of God. Romans 4:16 reads, Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Now, real faith is a gift from God, according to this, this text. Look at the phrase, the promise comes by faith. The promise comes by faith. We we can't earn it on our own. We need to depend on God to build up faith inside of us. Faith is having the ability to believe or trust God through all circumstances in your life. That's what it is, that you don't get discouraged. You don't see only impossibilities when you're going through storms or problems in your life. You learn to lean and depend on God throughout the storms that you may face as you go through life. Paul, in a, it's an example of that in Philippians 4 verses 11 through 13, he, 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 he says these words. I'm not saying this because I am in need, he says, for I have learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength." This is it, friends. So we need to learn how to live in every, through every circumstance that come in our lives as Paul lived through his own circumstances. So in order to receive God's promise, one must be holding on to faith. That's where it begins. That's the channel that God uses to bless us. Faith is the channel through which we are blessed. You want to have water in your house? Don't pull out the water line. If you want to keep water flowing through your faucets in the house, you cannot pull out the water line and expect water to still run in the house. And that's what many folks do. When you do away with faith, you cannot have the flow of the blessing of God. Because in order for the blessing of God to come into our hearts, we have to have faith there because faith is the the line that He uses to apply us the the blessings that we uh, need. Faith is that channel that God uses. He used it for Abraham. This is how we hold on to the assurance of our salvation, by holding on to the gift of faith. Faith is a gift that God has given to us. Real faith is a gift received from God. It is not something that we manifest on our own and begin to walk in. It comes from God, and it comes through hearing His Word. It is the reason why we emphasize the need for Christians to study God's Word. We emphasize that we have a lot of different Bible studies in our church so that people can join these small groups and learn God's word. If you're gonna grow in the word, you need to be plugged into a Bible study. You need to be plugged into a small group or else what would happen is, you're gonna be just like a philosophy walking around and, 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 and you know trying to idealize who God is in your mind and trying to find out who he is by your own definition of who he is because you don't know the word of God. Making choices and making decisions on things in life that are so far removed from the truth, and believing in those things because we don't know the Word of God. But if faith is going to be built in us, it has to be by us receiving it through the Word of God, which is a gift from God, and we will find the blessings of God in it. Let me give you my next point, because my chest is about to hurt now. So the next point is, real faith releases the grace of God. Real faith releases the grace of God. It doesn't only receive the, the gift from God, but it releases the gift of, of God. In Romans 4, verse 16, it says, Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. This is the same text, verse 16, that I read to you just now. Remember, I told you that faith is the channel to the promise of God. And that's why we call ourselves children of faith, or people of faith. Because faith is what we, God uses to bring His blessing or flow His blessing through to us. Faith channels us to God's grace. Faith doesn't save us, but faith does channel us to God's grace. Look in Ephesians 2 verse 8. It reads, for it is by grace you have what? Been saved. Look at the word grace. But what? Through faith. That's the channel. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. God God's promise is always tied to his grace. The promise of God is always tied to his grace. What is grace then? Grace is God's unmerited favor uh, uh, that he gave to us. We do not deserve it. None of us in this room deserve having eternal life. None of us in this room deserve to be saved. It is a gift from God. And the word grace is talking about God giving us his unmerited favor. It means that we don't deserve it. And that's the place we need to always focus at when we come in the presence of God. We must understand that whatever we get from God, we do not deserve. It is of His free will that He gives to us every time He gives to us. We don't deserve it. So in other words, the absence of faith hinders the presence of God's grace. We have to keep trusting not in ourselves, but in the Word of God. So we talk about how real faith is a gift received from God. Real faith releases the grace of God. Lastly, let's talk about how real faith regards the guidance of God. In Romans chapter 4, verses 20 and 21 reads, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is Abraham's persuasion. He was fully persuaded that God has the power to do what He has promised, and that's how we all need to look at our God. We have response only to the guardians of God, to the promise of God. That's what it is. So look at the phrase, "He did not waver through unbelief." It's talking about Abraham. When God called him, he went through a lot of circumstances in his own life, but he did not allow those circumstances to cause him to waver in unbelief. He believed in God continuously, pressed on straight on to the end, didn't allow any circumstance to determine his God because of what he was going through at that time he held on to the promise that God made to him and he was able to persevere through that time that he found himself in so real faith is believing that God will do what he God promised what are some of the promises that God gave to us God promised us that he has prepared a place for us in heaven That's a promise that God has made, that all of us who uh, place our hope in Jesus and the work he did on the cross, will enjoy eternal life in heaven with him. The promise is Jesus says, I'm going there now to prepare a place for you. For you, and for every person in this room, you have a place, a place prepared in heaven for you, that God has prepared for you. And so, so, so that's a promise that I have. I sit many times and think about heaven, and think about my place there that has been prepared for me, because God has spoken it, and it is settled, and I know that I'm going to enjoy that place someday. That's a promise that God has given to us. The promise that he will always be with us, no matter what, it's a promise that God has made. And so when we're walking through problems, we need to cling to the promise that God said that he would be with us, and he's always here. He's proving it. I saw that promise on Friday when my life flashed before my very eyes, when that accident took place. I, I should have been out of here by now, dead and gone. But God did not allow it to happen. He stopped it from happening because I believe an angel was in that car and stopped the impact from being as bad as it should have gotten. God promised that he would be there. He will always be there. He is there for you right now. No matter what you are going through, you have to remember that God is with you. He is with you. He is with you, not for some time, but for all times. He is not a politician who will make promises and get in office and forget what he said. God doesn't do that. He remembers his promises, and he clings to it, and he lives by it. He says, my word will never come back to me void. It will accomplish the aim for which I sent it forth. So if God speaks a word in your life, you better believe that that word's going to come to pass. Hold on to it. Don't let the devil take it away. Don't let nothing in the world take the word of God away from you, because that's the life source that we have right now as we live in this pluralistic world. Society we find ourselves in. So God is a God who lives to his promise. He keeps his promise. When our faith becomes guided by God's word, these are the things that happen. Look at this. One, we become stronger in faith. All right? Example of that is in Genesis when God told Abraham to take his son Isaac up on the Mount Moriah to sacrifice him. In obedience, because he heard God's words and he believed God's word, he he took his son up there and laid him on that altar and was about to slaughter the little boy when God told him to draw back the sword and then God provided a lamb. Do you know what happened to Abraham after that scenario? Abraham's faith became stronger. He became stronger in the Lord. So when we go through trials and tribulations in this life and circumstances, you God allowed it to come so that we can trust him, so that we can learn to trust him more. God wants us to be like Job. Job knew his God that he served. So after everything that was taken away from him, he was stripped of everything, even he was sick in his own body. And the wife said, if God would do this to you, why don't you curse him? and die. He said no. He said no. Even though he slayed me right now, I'm still going to trust him because I know who God is. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to trust him that way so that when the devil brings those tests along, we can be able to stand firm in the time of trial. That's why I'm standing here today. We've been lying in bed and trying to cry and and put up short tantrums because I'm I'm not feeling too good because I'm hurt. But the devil is a liar. I came here today to make a statement to him and to the dark world that they have no control over my life. My life is in the hands of the living God. And that's where it's going to stay. And I give God praise this morning. So we become stronger in our faith. We become fully persuaded. Why? Because God promised a provider, a lamb for Abraham. You become persuaded that God will provide. No matter what it is now, God will provide. He will provide a way out of this situation. He'll provide a way out of this circumstance. And we believe in that. The third thing that happens is in, when we put our faith in God, the third thing that happens is God is glorified in the process. God is always glorified. God is always pleased when we put our faith in Him. And that's what brings the glorification. When we stand up for Christ in tough times, we stand up for the Word of God in tough times, we stand in the promises of God in tough times. When we do that, God is glorified in the process. The world we live in today has a lot of suggestions for us. The moment you step out into this, out of these doors and step out there into the world, people have different ideologies about how to live your life. And they'll tell you that the Bible is not relevant anymore. Church is not one of the things you need to put on your to-do list. And you think about all the other things that are out there to do. Those are all lies from the devil, my friends, because our God is real. He is still in our hearts. He still lives with you. He still loves you. He still calling you unto himself. With all of what has happened, the chaos in the world today, the Bible remains the same. God world will never change. It remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And since it has this solid foundation, why don't we cling to it and put our hope in it and put our faith in it and stay in God no matter what the world is saying? See that this God is real and he is going to walk us through all of our circumstances. I give glory and praise to God this morning for these words from Him. I want to encourage you this morning by letting you know that if you anger your hope in God and hold on to the promises that He brings, He will never bring you this far and leave you. God will not teach you to swim and let you drown in that water. He will never build His home in you and move away. God will never lift you up and let you down. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all God's people say, Amen.